Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So I wanted to go over an article that I think you were absolutely going to love, and it's going to help connect a lot of the dots for you. Because in the mainstream media, we always hear about how amazing the economy is, the unemployment rate, the revisions to the GDP numbers, on and on and on. But then you look at the real economy and say, wait a minute, something's off. Like we said yesterday, it doesn't pass that smell test, the sniff test, whichever it is. Let's go over this article from Lance Roberts, who's really fantastic. And I think this is going to shed some light on what may trigger the next recession. Student loan repayments will start the recession, question mark. In my opinion, uh, it very well could. I mean, obviously, there's a tremendous amount of variables. We've got commercial real estate. We've got the banking sector that is kind of tightening their lending standards, to say the least. Uh, This could create a credit crunch. But on top of that, in the, call it the consumer economy, You've got these student loan repayments, and I think this is going to be a really big deal. I could not agree with Lance more. So he starts by saying millions of young Americans will face the end of student loan repayment moratorium this summer. And, you know, I always talk about the stimmies on my videos and in the whiteboards and everyone's, oh, George, what are you talking about? The stimmies? What? That was like 2021. There's no stimmies anymore. No, when I'm talking about stimmies, I'm not just talking about the direct payments. I'm not just talking about the revenue on the profit and loss. I'm talking about the reduction in expenses. That is a stimmy. It gives you more spending power. That gives you more cash at the end of the month to go out and go to a restaurant or a bar. Getting back to the article, why is this happening now after a three-year break from payment? Let that sink in for a moment. A three-year break from payments. How much do you think that impacted consumer spending? How much do you think that impacts the airports being full, especially Spirit Airlines? How much do you think that impacts the local watering hole? (laughs) I was going to say a specific bar, but we'll say the watering hole, the local restaurants when you're going there. It's going to impact it tremendously. Let's keep going here. But part of the, I love this, Fiscal Responsibility Act, and that's what they called raising the debt ceiling. Under the act, Biden administration is prohibited from extending the pause of student loan repayments, which have remained in place since March 2020. And then Lance goes through this timeline. Uh, and then actually prior to that, he points out that this could impact 40 million Americans. And we're going to go over some statistics as to not just how much they owe, but probably more importantly, how much their monthly payment is going to be. So we had this timeline. It starts with the Cerveza sickness, but then now it's ending here uh, with the increase in the debt ceiling. And also the Supreme Court just came out and made a decision that Lance highlights here where, uh, let's see, I guess it's Biden versus Nebraska. And I guess that was back in February. Well, there was something else that I saw today regarding the Supreme Court and the decision for student loan payments. But we'll have to save that for two o'clock Eastern time today. Why do I say that? Because we're going to be talking live with Robert Barnes, uh, everyone's favorite freedom, liberty, constitutional lawyer. Uh, He's going to tell us about what the Supreme Court has been doing. We're going to ask him about this question, and we're also going to be asking him about the Supreme Court decision to pretty much eradicate the ability for colleges to uh, use race in their admissions process. 
So, but getting back to this article here, bottom line is the students who have this debt are likely going to have to start paying it back very, very quickly. So we st see how much student debt is outstanding, almost $1.8 trillion. Uh, here's an interesting stat. 92% of this is held by the federal government. Average interest rate between 4.99% or the uh, ranging the range of the interest rates between 4.99 and 7.54. But of the other 8%, it goes from 4 to 15, as high as 15%. And that, again, is with $1.8 trillion outstanding. So an analysis is based on federal student loan data aggregate 1.4. So that would be what's on the federal government's balance sheet. And so what they did is they utilized a 10 year payment period with a 5.8% interest rate. And the punchline here is that tells us that on average, these 40 million people are going to have to start paying back $400 a month, $400 a month per person. And if you don't think that's a big deal, I don't think you're paying attention. I think that's a dramatic percentage of the average Joe's monthly disposable income that he or she can use to go to a restaurant, bar, go on that flight to Chicago, what have you. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks, and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Now we see how retail sales economic growth he points out that Q1 of 2023, U.S. economy, 26.5 trillion. I'm sure that's year over year. Uh, and the personal consumption expenditures of that 26.5 trillion, 18 trillion from personal consumption. And then he points out that the uh, a lot of the consumption is due to debt. is right of the money. And that debt is flatlining or at least the percentage of consumption. But what I think is even more important here is the retail sales. And when you look at what is happening and compare that to the actual stimulus checks, I'm not talking about the expenses, but I'm talking about the actual revenue side. So let's look at this chart. We've got the recessions highlighted in gray. Then we have the retail sales, and this is this dotted line. And then we have, I guess, this blue line, blue dotted line, is what is considered a recession. So anything under that, kind of like the yield curve, and it's likely that you are going to be, actually, it's unlike the yield curve in the sense that you're already in a recession, where the yield curve would predict this. If you fall under that blue line, it looks like you're, you're that's how you know, you, or one of the ways of knowing you are actually in a recession. 
and we look at where we are with a dotted line, the black dotted line, and we see that that has fallen under the blue dotted line, implying that there's a very high probability that we are currently in a recession. Looks like the only time that didn't pan out was 2003, based on this chart going back to 1992. So then you think about this in terms of retail sales, in terms of what has happened with the outright stimulus payments. And as the stimulus payments go down, as you can imagine, retail sales have gone down. And now it's likely that they're going to go down even further once they're no longer getting the amount of stimulus they were getting before, whether that is with revenue or with the lowering of the expenses. So now it looks like this is an estimate from Barclays Bank. Let's read this. If Barclays Bank is correct in its assumptions, removing the student loan moratorium on payments will significantly impact retail sales. Again, it makes a lot of sense. The chart below projects the average retail sales growth less than less the student loan payments. Huh? Wow, that's really interesting. Let's read that again, guys. The chart below projects the average retail sales growth less the student loan pay. So current retail sales, then you subtract basically $400 a month per person. And where does that take retail sales? That takes us down close to where we were at the depths of the Cervasa sickness. It takes us lower than where we were during the GFC. So now Lance talks about recession risk, and we talked about the $400 a month impacting uh, the, let's see, especially young people. He's talking about age group 18 to 44 in their discretionary spending. And where they're spending this, as most of us know, are at everything that you see packed, right? Bars, restaurants, et cetera. And we think about where the job growth is also coming from. And now I want to remind you of the bullwhip effect. So the bullwhip effect is where a business is going to see all of these customers coming in. And the business owner, really, they don't watch the George Gammon channel. So they don't realize that, hey, all these customers are coming to my store. Not so much because they love my food. Uh, maybe that's part of the reason. Uh, not so much because they're going to have this money forever, but this money that they currently have, this purchasing power, is temporary. But see, the store owner doesn't know that. So they think that this demand for their product is just going to stay the same or increase indefinitely into the future. So what do they do? They hire more and more people to satisfy the demand. Makes sense. But they again, they don't realize that that demand was a sugar rush. Whether that was coming from a direct check in the mail or it was coming from the fact that you didn't have to pay out that additional $400 a month. So now uh, they're going to be left with all these uh, staff members and these or these employees that they don't need. And the employees that they don't need are the exact demographic that is having to start paying back their student loan. And it's as a result of these people that they're getting more business to begin with. Because then I'm talking about this kind of circular economy with young people, uh, student loans, bars, restaurants, and travel. Obviously, there's a lot more to it than that, but we're just trying to kind of simplify it down so you understand the concept. And so, you know, the reason why a young person can go out and easily get a job just like this is because there's no student loan payments. Once the student loan payments start, then all of a sudden the businesses have to cut back. They fire the people that were going to the establishments in the first place. And you have this positive feedback loop or a doom loop where the, uh, 
the student loan repayments trigger the reduction in spending, which triggers a higher unemployment rate, which triggers a further reduction in spending. Now he's talking about the risks to the market as far as the stock market, which is kind of Lance's area of expertise. This is interesting to me, but the but what is more interesting or most interesting is the overall macro consequences to these repayments. And it's definitely something that needs to be on our radar. And I don't see why this couldn't be the trigger of the next recession. And then when you take and understand the fact that the economy in and of itself is incredibly fragile and there's all these systemic risks, then you could see how just that one pin dropping uh, could be what breaks the camel's back. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.